Welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, a weekly look into the world of Royal Caribbean cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hotchberg, and this is episode number 195. Sometimes you just have to indulge a little bit and reward yourself. And one of the best ways to do so on a Royal Caribbean cruise is by staying in a suite. Suites offer the most space, best benefits, and incredible service while on board. If you're considering moving on up to a suite for a future cruise, I'll be sharing in this week's episode some of my experiences in a suite and what you should consider before dipping your toes into the suite life. Here we go. It took me a few years, but I finally decided to go for it and try a suite on a couple of recent Royal Caribbean cruises. Royal Caribbean suites offer a ton of space, amenities, and additional service that aims to make you feel like a VIP. This week, I want to provide an overview of what the suite experience on Royal Caribbean is like and why you might want to try it yourself. And really, when you're talking about a suite, we're talking about rooms that are grand suite or above. There are things called junior suites, but they're not, in Royal Caribbean's eyes, considered a full suite. So for the purposes of this episode, we're going to ignore Junior Suites. We did an episode actually dedicated to Junior Suites a little while ago, and I will post in the show notes a link to that episode. So that way you can listen to that if you're looking for a Junior Suite. But it's really important to understand that if you are in a Junior Suite, despite the fact that it says Suite in the name, it's not a true Suite. You've got to get to a Grand Suite or above to actually be in a quote-unquote Suite on a Royal Caribbean ship. Now, if you've never stayed in a suite before, the most common question you're probably going to ask first is, Matt, why should I stay in a suite? What benefits do I get besides the extra cost that comes with it? We won't get to that. But there are a number of perks you get for being in a suite. First and foremost, you're going to be getting a lot of extra living space inside and out. I mean, we're talking about, you know, inside rooms and ocean view rooms and balcony rooms. Obviously, you're getting more or less living space depending on which category you're talking about. But suites blow all those out of the out of the you know, out of the room, really. There's just a ton more space with these, both inside the room and on your balcony. I mean, you're just, it's it's night and day difference, quite honestly. And I, even, even a grand suite, which is the first real suite in the suite category, I mean, you're just getting a ton more space. And that has two benefits to it. Number one, first and foremost, you get a lot more living space. You get to figuratively stretch your arms a little bit better, right? When you're in the room, there's less of that awkward shuffling of your feet around furniture. It's more of a natural fit. It feels honestly like staying in a hotel room in many different hotels in in the sense of how much space you get. So you certainly get to, again, have literally more room to enjoy. Also, your balcony is going to be massive. And if you're a balcony kind of person, or I think even (laughs) you don't have to be the biggest balcony fan in the world, but having a extra large balcony means you really get to enjoy it. Instead of having maybe just two chairs and a coffee table, you're getting a lounger out there with added cushions on there. It really does make a difference, I'll be honest with you. And also, speaking of extra space, you're getting an extra large and upgraded bathroom. I'll tell you something. Eh, the balcony's nice. The extra space in the room, not bad either. But the bathroom is where it's at because you get a full-size tub with shower. So you can, if you're a, a a bathtub fan if you like enjoying taking a bath while on a cruise or maybe you've got kids and you need to give them a bath it's a lot easier than the stand-up shower there's no more of that little shuffle within the shower of trying to spin and grab the soap without knocking everything over if you've been on a cruise you know what i'm talking about right there but with a suite you're getting an extra large bathroom and upgraded amenities not only are you getting more space and in many cases you know an extra sink as well you're also getting things like uh, upgraded bathroom 
toiletry items, right? So the, sh- the soap and shampoo is actually name brand, not the mystery liquid that comes out of the wall. So you've got some nice upgrades there. In addition, you also get the concierge service with your suite. And the concierge service provides a lot. And we're going to go into what the concierge actually provides in a little bit here. But essentially, some big ones. Priority embarkation and disembarkation. And also, which, by the way, is my favorite perk of staying in a suite. Basically, when it's time to get on board the ship, You'll be among the first people to get on board, and leaving the ship, you get an escort off the ship. Now, how much of an escort, like as in where your escort ends, kind of depends on the sailing and who your concierge is and some other factors as well. But essentially, it will cut down on the amount of time you're waiting, and that is a pretty cool perk. Uh, The concierge also provides basically assistance with booking anything on board, whether it's a shore excursion, activity... Uh, dining reservation, they're there for you, and a lot of times they can pull some strings that maybe you can't get somewhere else. And they're also, along those lines, a problem solver. Sometimes you run into issues. Hmm, how do I make this work? I'm trying to figure out, you know, I can't get into this excursion, or uh, there's an issue with our room. Basically, they're your liaison to the rest of the ship, and they're a way of getting around guest services. Guest services is wonderful, but there can be a line, and guest services is dealing with a lot of different things on their plate. Concierge is a dedicated service that can help you with all issues, big or small, and they really will go above and beyond, quite honestly, what the rules even say in many cases. So the concierge is really there to help make your life easier. They're kind of like a travel agent, except they only exist on the ship, and they can't book you anything outside of the cruise you're on, but they really are a very good uh, problem solver. Now, also staying in a suite, you get free drinks and exclusive lounge access, which ain't bad. Each evening, just like kind of like the diamond drinks, maybe you've heard us talk about that. If you're staying in a suite, you get free complimentary alcohol beverages. You also get all their beverages as well. There'll be some hors d'oeuvres provided for you. And on many ships, you have an exclusive lounge just for you as a suite guest, which, again, basically is your own private enclave. In fact, speaking of private areas, on some ships also, there's also private areas near the pool deck reserved just for suite guests, which is pretty nice when you're dealing on a sea day. And you don't have to worry about waking up super early to go get a spot. Rather, you can roll out at, you know, 11 o'clock in the morning, go up to the pool deck, and you've got a dedicated area waiting for you. So essentially, that exclusive areas, both in the lounge and on the pool deck, are, are a pretty big perk there. Uh, also, by staying in a suite, you get exclusive restaurant and specialty dining offers as well. Uh, in fact, on the Royal Caribbean's Quantum Class ships... And on the Oasis class ships, you have a special restaurant just for sweet guests called Coastal Kitchen, which is basically another complimentary restaurant just for sweet guests. So you get what I found the food is pretty good there, but really it's about the service. So they get to know you a little bit better. And it's, you know, you feel like, you know, hot stuff because you get to get your own little restaurant just for you. You Also, we should mention that if you're staying in a suite, by the way, and this includes junior suites, you get double crown and anchor points. So you're on a seven night cruise. Ordinarily, you book a balcony, you get, you know, seven points, right? Well, if you're in a suite, you get double the points. So in that example, you would get 14 points, and that helps you move up Royal Caribbean's Crown and Anchor Society a whole lot faster when you get those double points. And on top of everything else, you get some pretty cool free stuff. Free stuff will vary. Uh, there are I've, there are tours that you can get that otherwise would cost you money, like on a recent cruise that we were staying in a suite. We got a bridge tour. There are free gifts that will be given to you. Uh, and in other, in other cases, and we'll talk about here what concierge provides, you can also get free services on board, like internet and whatnot. So there are a lot of perks to doing so. Now, we also need to mention there are two, uh, how do I say this, subsets of sweet experiences on Royal Caribbean these days. On Royal Caribbean's Quantum and Oasis class ships, there's something called the Royal Sweet Class. We've talked about this a little bit here on the podcast and, on, of course, on RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com. But basically, Royal Caribbean, about a year or two ago, said, you know what? 
Sweets are obviously not only very important to guests, but they're an important revenue stream for Royal Caribbean. And the sweet experience was not quite what Royal Caribbean wanted to, especially when you compared the Royal Caribbean sweet experience to maybe any sweet experience on land in terms of, you know, you go to Las Vegas, you go to New York City, and you stay in a suite, a full suite, you get concierge access. There's a whole level of service provided there, too. And so Royal Caribbean came up with this thing called Royal Suite Class. Again, this is only for Oasis-class ships and Quantum-class ships, but essentially, you go to, you, if you're booked in a suite on one of these rooms, you're getting even added benefits. Uh, you get much more perks in terms of what's given to you, including your cruise fare, and you get added service, including probably the primarily the big draw, if you're staying in the star class, there's star, sea, and sky class, but star class is the top of the Royal Suite class, and there you're getting someone called a Royal Genie, which is essentially a cross between an English-style butler and, and like, your best friend with benefits, like someone who has really inside knowledge into what's available on board the ship. Imagine, like, you're going on a cruise with, and someone who you know, a friend or family member, worked on board the ship and could hook you up that's essentially what a royal genie is in a nutshell, but uh, that's obviously on Oasis and Quantum class ships. On the rest of the class, rest of the fleet, essentially, you're still getting the sweet uh, benefits, certainly, and anything we've talked about up till now has pretty much been included. It's just you don't get those added benefits that you may get in the royal suite class. So certainly, you're, if you're on, if you're looking at an Oasis class ship or a Quantum class ship, you should look into what the royal suite class gives you and. Arguably, even more importantly, if you're considering, like, let's say you're, ooh, should I go on a cruise on Oasis of the Seas or Freedom of the Seas, right? Well, Freedom of the Seas doesn't offer the Royal Suite class, whereas the Oasis class ship does. So arguably, arguably, you could say that maybe if Oasis costs you a little bit more money, it might be worth it in terms of the benefits you're getting. Again, that's up to you and what worth it really means. And we'll talk about what worth it really means as we go forward. Now, of course, when you're staying in a suite, there is added cost how much it depends i've seen some sailings is very reasonable amount and that's honestly what got us into a suite in the first place i remember we the first suite we stayed in was on navigator as soon as we booked the grand suite there we also booked a grand suite on anthem of the seas and uh, subsequent to that we've booked some suites as well just you know in the name of research to experience it all it's for you people you know <laughs> we're, do, we're doing it for you in the name of research but uh you know the the cost on navigator and anthem actually wasn't too bad in both cases we found the cost to be reasonably more than what they would have cost us to stay in, say, a, a just a balcony room or something like that. Now, on other sailings, we've looked at them and said, wow, that's a lot. I mean, it depends on what, what obviously, what category suite you're staying in, the time of year, and what ship you're talking about. Certainly, the Royal Suite class ships going to be the most expensive. And if you're going over a holiday, I mean, in some cases, your price will exceed the cost of probably a budget brand new car <laughs> that means we're talking about you know the cost above oh twelve thousand dollars uh total they're depending on how many people and time of year but I, I typically find that you're probably spending i think i i hesitate to give a ballpark estimate i mean usually suites begin in the ballpark of about for us for four people we've seen the ballpark about six thousand dollars for four people two adults two children uh, and usually we're somewhere in that you know six to ten thousand dollar range as what would be. <laughs> I know some of you are probably like, "What? That's reasonable, Matt?" Well, I'm telling you, that's a reasonable price. When you get above ten thousand dollars, in my opinion, you're starting to tread into holy moly land. Like that's just a lot of money. I don't care what they're giving you on there, but that's a lot of money. But you know what? Some people swear by it. Some people will tell you, Matt, it is the best thing ever and it's worth it and it's my vacation and i'm gonna spend my money how i want and i'll cry if i want to it's my party and and all that <laughs> so it's a very much subjective thing right 
It's going to matter what's the occasion. Maybe this is like a special anniversary or birthday cruise. Perhaps this is a holiday. Perhaps this is just a once in a lifetime. You got to raise at work and money's burning a hole in your pocket. And who wants to save for retirement? <laughs> I don't know. But whatever the case may be, everyone's going to have a different answer to how much is worth it to them. I can tell you that in many cases, what I do whenever I look at a suite is I look at what a regular, maybe what a balcony would cost or maybe two balconies, right, connecting rooms versus the suite and see where it falls into. In general, I feel like for four people in the in the same room, a suite in under $8,000 is pretty much a steal, right? Uh, because, again, per person over the course of a seven-night cruise, I should, those numbers I gave you, by the way, for seven-night cruises, I should probably put that into perspective there. But, you know, a three-night cruise, probably not a deal. 12-night cruise, a great deal. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. So there's a lot of factors involved. But there is an added cost, no question about it, and you've got to evaluate how much that is really worth it to you. Now, what does the concierge actually provide? The concierge is the is the bread and butter of the suite experience. Certainly, the living space, probably second, like a solid number two. But it's really, number one, with a bullet, the concierge service. You're, at the end of the day, you are paying for that extra service. And I feel like that is really what it's all about. The extra living space and the bathroom, wonderful, really, really nice, but it's not quite on the same level. Now, again, we mentioned earlier that there were two subsets of suite experiences, right? Real suite class versus non. Now, I'm going to actually read for you guys verbatim what the concierge provides on, in this case, Navigator of the Sea, so a non-Royal suite class. Then we'll compare that to a Sky class in the in the in the royal suite class, and we'll get to that in a second. But let's start it off with Navigator of the Sea. So this is, I would say, fairly typical of a non-royal suite class suite experience, right? So here's what it is: use of the concierge lounge, spa bathrobes for use on board, upgraded amenities for the bathroom, complimentary pressing service for the first formal night, continental breakfast served daily in the concierge lounge, hors d'oeuvres, petite fours, and complimentary bar set up in the lounge every evening before and after dinner from 4:30 p.m. to 8 p.m. A la carte breakfast served in Chops Grill from 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. A la carte lunch served during sea days only from noon to 1.30. Daily menus displayed and pre-ordering for your dinner wine. Limited VIP lounge chair set up near the pool bar uh, between decks 11 and 12. And I mentioned that earlier. There can be some area. Basically, private reserved chairs on the near the pool deck. Priority tendering escort upon request of the concierge. Full dining room uh Room service privilege. So basically, if the room, if the main dining room is open for breakfast, lunch, or dinner, you can order food from the main dining room back to your room. We'll talk about all of this in a second. Reservations for any specialty restaurants, sports activities, shore excursions, salons, spa services, etc. The uh, specialty restaurants like Giovanni, Sabor, Chops Grill can be reserved as well. Arrangements for private parties. Business services is just copying and printing. Cocktail party hosted by the captain. Invitations will be sent. Reserved VIP seats for production shows and reserved private seating during breakfast and lunch in Chops Grill. Uh, and also access to a private exclusive VIP beach area in our port of call. In this case, this was Labadee. So there's a lot there. I will tell you that in my experience, we only used a couple of these. Uh, the ones that were really important to me, priority embarkation, disembarkation, that one was huge, in fact. The... Uh, the pool, the, the VIP lounge chair service near the pool, not bad. I only use it a couple times because pr- the, my issue with it is I don't like sitting out in the sun. I like shade, and these seats are primarily out in the sun. But we went one afternoon, me and my daughter, and we went for a swim, and it was great because we had seats waiting for us over there. Uh, priority tendering is a really big perk. If you're going on a port that has tendering like Belize 
or I mean Grand Cayman to some extent, but anywhere you're going on a tender, they will essentially provide, they'll say concierge will provide a tender just for sweet guests. It makes a big deal. It's a really nice service. So I definitely like that one as well. Uh, the reserve seats for shows, a definitely nice option to have. And certainly if you're into the shows, that means you basically can show up a little bit closer to showtime. Don't have to worry too much about it. The, you know, the cocktail party was nice. Certainly I'm not going to deny that. And of course, uh, actually the printing was nice. The, we went to, I needed to print out a confirmation for a short excursion I was doing, and I was able to go do that. And of course, I would say also the, the, the bar service every evening, the free drinks. Definitely a cool perk there. Now, there's a lot more that's that's in addition to all that. I just felt like I didn't use a lot of that personally. And one thing I learned in my experience about the suites, and I was probably planning on talking about this a little bit later on, but uh, you know, it, it behooves you to, to whether or not you take as much advantage of it or not, right? And some of those, as I was reading some of these off, I'm sure there were some of those perks that you said, oh, I would love to take advantage of that. And others, you were like, that's eh, not really what I'm ever going to do, right? So... Again, it's kind of weighing that in your mind. How many am I really going to take advantage of versus how many are nice-to-haves, but I probably won't do. All right, now, on Anthem of the Seas, we stayed, again, in a Sky Class. The Sky Class is in the middle. There's C Class, which is for junior suites. Sky Class, which is the bulk of, of, the, uh, of the suites available. And then the Star Class, and we did an episode about the Star Class also on Anthem of the Seas. So I'll post a link in the show notes to our Star Class episode so you guys can listen to that if you're interested in the Star Class. is like above and beyond. That's got the Royal Genies. And it's really cool, but again, the price is going to be much higher than I paid. But I feel like Sky Class is, you know, if you're staying in a grand suite, an owner suite, which is a pretty popular subset of suites to stay in, this is what you can expect to get. And here's what you're going to get there. And maybe see a lot of carryover here. Use of the concierge club, spa bathrooms for use on board, continental breakfast every morning from 7 to 10 a.m. in the lounge, hors d'oeuvres, petite fours, and complimentary beverage service every evening from 5 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. Access to Coastal Kitchen, our exclusive restaurant reserved for sweet guests, open for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Please be aware that the room service menus have an additional cost. The use of private suite sun deck, located on deck 16. Reservation assistance for any of our specialty restaurants, shore excursions, Vitality Spa, and any on-board on activities. Reserve VIP seating for shows. Uh, complimentary pressing is available for on the second day for your cruise for the uh, for formal night. Luxury pillow top mattress, complimentary water on suite arrival, complimentary Voom internet, one device per guest, exclusive sweet cocktail party with senior officers. So in those, there were, first of all, the complimentary Voom internet was a huge deal. We had four people in our group because obviously I got kids. And so in that, we got four different access codes, which was really nice. So I was able to take advantage of that. Uh, I will also add that the complimentary water, always appreciated. Definitely nice to have there. The private sun deck, uh, very, very nice. And Coastal Kitchen, I ate there a couple times. It's very nice. I like what I like about Coastal Kitchen was more about the service. I thought the food would. I mean, the food was great. Don't get me wrong, but I think it was more the service that stood out to me. And honestly, feeling like you know hot stuff because you get to go to Coastal Kitchen, <laughs> that was really the appeal of it. But it was very nice, and they had no issues bringing our kids in there. So definitely uh, worthwhile. So let's talk about how I use the suites on bull chips. Like I said, I took advantage of some of the perks that I talked about there, but not all of them. I feel like the concierge definitely benefits somebody who likes to just show up. Don't do any planning, which is definitely not me. If you're not a type A, if you just want to show up, but still take advantage of everything that the ship has to offer, and to heck with, I don't know, it being sold out, well, concierge is wonderful for you because they will be your best friends. In both 
on both Navigator of the Seas and Anthem of the Seas, the concierge attendants were super nice, but they always, but they actually called us a couple different times because they were worried we either didn't know about the concierge or were not happy with the concierge because they never really saw us there. And I tried to explain. I was like, we kind of plan everything in advance. I don't really need hand-holding. You know what I mean? That's just how I roll. But I kind of realized, well, it's not really, you know, my my scene necessarily. Now, also, I will add, I'm also a Diamond member in Royal Caribbean's Crown and Anchor Society. So having complimentary drinks in the evening, well, I have a choice between the Diamond Lounge and the Concierge Lounge. And, you know, it, and with the Diamond Drink coupons, I can go anywhere on the ship to use them, right? Any bar will, will provide me at least three. So I wasn't really ever hard-pressed to to head just for the Concierge Lounge to enjoy it. So, Again, that's my experience, and how I cruise in a suite is going to be different than you cruise in a suite, but it is important to understand that it, that it exists, but I think with a lot of these services, I know that I read them when I was first going, before I ever went on board, and I thought I would take advantage of a lot more than I actually did. Like I said, I probably took, adva- I took advantage of the, the free pressing, the second one. I forgot about it the first time. I took advantage of the sweet cocktail party. I took advantage of the Voom Internet. I took advantage of the priority embarkation disembarkation on Coco Cay, where that was a tender port, and we had a reserve tender. Granted, it was pretty early in the morning, but we were able to be guaranteed to go on there, which I'm not going to lie, is really nice, especially with kids. So I really like that. And I will tell you that with having kids, having the priority embarkation, disembarkation alone was worth the money right there to me because having just not having to wait in line with them and hearing their complaints because they're kids and they have no patience, that was just wonderful. And I, I definitely really, really enjoyed that. That being said, Did I get all use out of it? No, I definitely did not take full advantage of the concierge. Although, again, the only way I think I could have taken full advantage is if I literally did no planning ahead of time and showed up and just asked a lot of requests on on that behalf. And uh, I will point out that the concierge was very accommodating. On on Anthem of the Seas, we were given a tour. We were offered a a complimentary tour of the bridge. There was a bridge tour because we were a suite guest. And I asked, can I bring my parents who are not staying in a suite? I didn't have, my kids weren't coming with us. So I figured, well, you're already accounting for four people. What's the difference who it is? But the, I didn't even have to get to that point with that argument because the concierge was like, oh, yeah, no problem at all. Just what's their names? Okay. They jotted down. Boom. You're all set. So definitely a lot of great help there and, and no issues there. So who benefits the most from suites? Somebody who's really going to spend a lot of time in the concierge lounge and take advantage of the concierge itself. Now, do you have to? No, but I think the large part of the reason you're paying extra is for that cost. I certainly enjoyed the extra living space. Having two kids and was staying in a grand suite on in uh, on Navigator, I should point out, the kids were actually in a connecting balcony room, so we had like a ton of space. But for I mean, for two people in, in any of these grand suites or above, I mean, it's just a ridiculous amount of space. For four people in the grand suite, like what we did on Anthem of the Seas, there was still lots of space, and I never felt as congested inside the room like I did on, you know, in, in a regular balcony or any kind of standard stateroom where we're trying to fit four people in there. Again, that shuffling around stuff, not nearly as prevalent in a suite. So I enjoyed the space there. The kids loved having the extra balcony space. It felt like they actually had space to play and it wasn't getting in our way to get ready or to whatever enjoy what we were doing. There were uh, there was a a, balc- a divider, a curtain divider that was between the, our bedroom, the bed, and the pull-out sofa where the kids slept. So that was really nice. I, I definitely think, though, it's it to me, it's you've got to really take advantage of the concierge to make it worthwhile. However, the price, I think, does dictate a lot. Like I said, you know, in, in both those cases, if the price for those suites had been an extra, 
you know, a couple thousand dollars, I wouldn't have pulled the trigger on it. It really comes down to if the money's right, if the price is right for you, then yes, I can totally see it being worthwhile. But you can make it. Here's the good argument against it, and I don't have an argument against this, which is that okay, Matt, you're going to spend let's say six thousand dollars on a seven night cruise for a grand suite, which is actually a pretty good price. Four people, four people, grand suite, six G's. That's a great price for for a grand suite. However, six thousand dollars. That's probably two more. That's two other cruises. That a one cruise you could get that money for. You know what I mean? If you stayed in a insider and ocean view, probably for you know two to three thousand dollars, right? If you play your cards right, you could probably negotiate two cruises out of that. You're not wrong, and that's not a bad rationale to go with. So this really goes back to again how when I read these services off to you, how important is that to you? How important is it to have those kinds of benefits? Now looking forward to it. Do I feel like we need to say any suite again? No, we don't need to. I liked, like I said, I liked the priority embarkation, disembarkation, and some of the services offered, but it's not a absolute must do, especially because I'm a diamond member. If you're brand new to Royal Caribbean, or you're a gold or platinum or emerald member, and you don't have diamond benefits yet, I feel like the benefits from concierge are way more impressive because you don't have access to some of them which overlap in diamond. I do think that well, it really comes down to money, and it comes down to how interested are you in trying it out. I think certainly for splurge for a special kind of occasion, a birthday, anniversary, big party kind of thing, it's lovely. I loved the ability to be able to have uh, food from the main dining room delivered to the to the, our stateroom. One evening on one of the cruises, we had we invited some friends over to our room. We ordered dinner for all of us from the main dining room. So the same food we, we would have eaten downstairs, brought it up to the room. We were able to enjoy it together. Kids were up in, in the Adventure Ocean. And we were able to take full advantage of it, which was wonderful. It was really nice, very relaxing. We had a bottle of wine. That kind of experience you just can't have in any, in any kind of room. But if that's if entertaining is not necessarily at the top of your list, it's not on the top of my list either. It was something fun to do. But you kind of understand it's a different mentality, a different experience altogether. But I think, honestly, it comes down to the price, understanding how, what's, what price you're comfortable with, and if you're going to take full advantage of it, certainly there's a lot in there. But I want to hear from you. If you've stayed in a suite before on any Royal Caribbean ship, I want to hear what ship it was and what you thought of it. Do you think it's a good value? And what other considerations would you recommend people consider when you're looking into booking a suite or not? It's definitely a topic a lot of people go through and a, and a debate you, you definitely in, uh, endure when you're talking about booking a cruise. But it definitely can be uh, a wonderful experience for those who are really looking, again, to reward themselves and have a, just a fabulous time throughout the cruise. It's time once again to answer your listener emails. I love this part of the show. This is when you get to email me anything about Royal Caribbean, and we talk about it right over here. And if you've got something you want to talk about, whether it's a cruise review, a question about your upcoming sailing, or just something maybe you read on royalcaribbeanblog.com and you want to talk about it, this is your opportunity. And you can do so by emailing me, Matt, M-A-T-T, at royalcaribbeanblog.com. Our first email this week to us comes from Mark Wiggum, who writes, I found the hard part of getting off a cruise is actually not getting off, but rather catching up with things when you get home. I messaged you about a week about doing a trip report for our cruise, and you said to email you, so I'm just now getting to that. It's funny, I had to go back to work and find time to do it. Shh, don't tell my boss. <laughs> Quick background, my family, we are from Greenwood, Indiana, which is just south of Indianapolis. My wife, Julie, and I have two daughters, Abby, age 12, Caddy, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, Caddy, age 8. This cruise was the second for my wife and I. We had our first cruise last year on Enchantment of the Seas. It was a four-night Bahama cruise uh, with stops in Coca-Cola and Nassau. It was the perfect time for us to get us going before that cruise. I just didn't understand the point. If I had been on that, if I had not been, or for the fact that my wife really wanted to go on, I wanted to mention the fact that I owed her a great birthday gift, 
and I had discovered that, that one of my favorite Disney podcast gurus had a cruising podcast, chances are we would not have gone. It did not take long for us to see how awesome cruising was, and we decided to YOLO book it for Lure of the Seas while we were in Enchantment. We chose this itinerary for three reasons. After being on Enchantment, I wanted more. It was a great ship uh, for a first time, but I wanted it all. So we wanted an Oasis-class ship. The other was that I wanted an itinerary that had a port at Labadee. After hearing several podcasts talking about the elusive Labadoozy, I know I needed to investigate. The three reasons, the third reason rather, is we wanted to make this a family cruise and knew that Oasis class had all the bells and whistles that would get the kids excited. So, uh, our trip was fantastic. We were able to see all the entertainment and we that we wanted to, and we pre-booked all the shows via Royal Caribbean's website. We also took advantage of the onboard activities available. We dined in the main dining room every evening, as we really enjoyed that experience and ended up having a great wait staff. We mixed it up with breakfast and lunch on board the ship. The only dining we did not that was not part of the complimentary dining was Sabora. My wife and I did the guacamole class, which I found to be one heck of a deal. It was $21 each and included lunch, which came with an appetizer, main course, and dessert from a limited but really good menu. The guac class and all you can drink margaritas or Mexican beer. The unlimited drinks alone made it worthwhile the price because we didn't have the drink package. We did excursions for all three ports in Labadee, or Fake Haiti, as one of the comedians on board calls it. We did the DreamWorks photo safari with water slide. It was $49 per kid, but one adult per child was able to enjoy all the excursion offered. It was led by members of the Adventure Ocean staff. They led us from the ship through this quote-unquote scavenger hunt, which basically was with laminated pictures of DreamWorks characters or statues of characters, all of which were accessible by anyone. At each stop, the kids had some silly tasks they had to complete and were given a sticker to put on their map. The last stop was right next to the beach where the Arawak Aqua Park was, and they were giving wristbands for the water park, which, with the time of our hour in the park, which was printed on the band for use at Dragon Splash's water slide for the day. At that point, the Adventure Ocean Club staff left us, and other than the scheduled time at the water park, we were on our own to explore and enjoy on ourselves. At 4 p.m. in the afternoon at Dazzles, the dance party where the kids could go meet and greet uh, some of the characters were taken with Poppy and Branch and were given trolls, art kits, and coloring books. All in all, our kids had a great time, but I'm guessing the retail value of the art set was about $12.99. And considering what the cost would be to do the water slide park and so forth, it was not a really a bad deal, but definitely not something we'd be doing again. In Falmouth, we booked a culinary tour recommended by our travel agent. I wanted to get some real jerk chicken, and we wanted something to experience some real culture. I didn't feel like if we stayed in within the confines of the port that we could actually say we were in Jamaica, and all the excursions that Royal Caribbean offered required a long or bus ride or cab ride, which we're not interested in. I considered us doing a self-guided historical tour, but our agent said that she had done a guided history tour, and it was the most uncomfortable she had ever been. Uh, abroad, that is. She suggested the Falmouth Food Tour from Jamaica Culinary Tours. This ended up being one of the highlights of our trip. The guide was amazing, and you could tell he had the respect of the locals and that they knew his tour was not to be messed with. The food stops were very good and uh, had been advertised as equating as a light lunch, but we ended up being very full. In Cosmo, we did the Dolphin Push pull with lunch and beach break, which was in Chakanab Park. This was a pretty awesome experience. We did visit the next cruise office and booked our next cruise on Harmony of the Seas in March 2019 for an Eastern Caribbean cruise. Once again, YOLO book it. Mark loved the review, and I apologize. I cut out some of that stuff there. You wrote a very good review there, but um, it sounds like you had an awesome time, dude. And I am so glad to hear your second cruise was even better uh, than your first one, and I really enjoyed actually on a personal level. I like the review of the of the DreamWorks tour on Labadee because my uh, my oldest daughter's dying to do that, and I think we're going to be doing that on Harmony of the Seas as well. So, Mark, I appreciate the review. It sounds like you had a great time there. Thank you for uh, the the excursion information as well, and I'm so glad you had a good time. 
Our next email comes to us from Diane Switzer, who writes, My husband and I are in St. Martin yesterday and today, overnighting on Celebrity Equinox. By the way, Anthem is parked next to us today, and what an awesome ship she looks like up close. Yesterday, we taxied into Marigo, and my number one thing to do was to go to La Sucrerie based on your recommendation. Lo and behold, it's closed down. Barbed wire all around. We thought that Serafina's next door, and that was lovely and reasonable. I did a Google search, and it looks like La Sucrerie has a location in Simpson Bay on the Dutch side. Unfortunately, we ran out of time to go check it out, perhaps on our next cruise. Even though I've cruised well only a handful of times, finding ourselves mostly loyal to celebrity, your podcast and periscopes are still extremely interesting and informative to me. So many of our topics go beyond just Royal Caribbean, and I know we'll be on Royal Caribbean again someday. Keep up the good work. My husband and I appreciate everything that you do. Diane, thank you for the email, and oh my gosh, I can't believe it's closed. So La Sucrière was a, uh, is a, was a French bakery that I visited when I was on St. Martin, I think the last time I was there on the French side in Marigo. And I'm so sorry to hear that it's closed. It was wonderful. But as you mentioned, Diane, there was uh, Serafina's is the name of another one nearby or next door. There's a couple of them over there, but you know, you find one you like and it's like, oh, geez. Uh, Then again, I tend to have the kiss of death with restaurants. (laughs) I find something I like and then, oops, all gone. Next, we have an email from uh, Mike Dinsmore. Matt, do you know how early they will let you check luggage at the cruise terminal in San Juan? We don't embark until 8.30 p.m., so I wanted to drop luggage off early and visit Old San Juan for lunch and some sightseeing before boarding. Michael, great question. So embarkation in Old San Juan is the same as it is in any port, whether it's Old San Juan or Port Canaveral or Galveston or wherever. Just because they leave at 8.30 doesn't mean they don't start up the whole process just as early, you know, around the 10 o'clock or hour or so so basically uh michael you should be able to check your luggage in around 10 and then obviously you'll only be left with your carry-on luggage if you have any maybe you travel light and you don't have anything that's valuable or damage easily damaged you don't you're okay with the porters checking but yeah you could do that and then on your way um i found that when i thought well first of all we flew in the night before so we were able to do some stuff uh actually we flew in two days before like we flew in I'm not trying to remember. We flew in. I think we flew in the the morning before. That's what it was. We flew in the morning before, so we had like a full day in San Juan to explore. And then the next day, basically, what we found is we got. But once we got on the ship, because of where the ship is located, you're on the Pan American Pier, Pier Two, which is across the bay from Old San Juan. It's kind of a hassle to get over to Old San Juan and back. You have to take a taxi. Not the end of the world, obviously. And if it's your only opportunity, well, then yeah. But just make sure you have enough time to get back to the ship because depending on what a muster drill is, Michael. That may dictate how little or more much time you have to spend in Old San Juan. But again, if you get there early, if you check in your luggage around, you know, ten in, in the ten o'clock hour somewhere there, you'll then be able to, you know, probably spend at least a couple hours there. But of course, people, people say, "Well, I want to go eat lunch on board the ship," and then of course there goes your whole afternoon. So, uh, but it is a good question, Michael. Next, we have an email from Rick, who writes, I hope you're doing well. I recently had a Southern Caribbean cruise booked on Jewel Disease for April 2017, but I had to cancel because my son decided to commit the unpardonable sin of deciding to get married during my planned cruise vacation. Well, as any good forgiving parent would do, I decided to book a cruise for him and my soon-to-be daughter-in-law for their honeymoon. They'll be going on Liberty Disease out of Galveston the middle of April 2017. I've never been on a Freedom Class ship, and I'm really not sure what to tell them about the ship and what they should do or not do when it comes to them not for the fact they're not going to be in the cabin 75% of the time. Well, there is so much of that that they could do, so maybe not 75% of the time. Any recommendations for a young 20s newly married couple? Any hidden secrets on the ship? I would like to give them some extras. Is there is there a di- is the dining package worth it? I know that there is a Chops Born Giovanni's table. I was thinking about a pa- packaging a three specialty restaurants. If they still offer something like that, I'd appreciate any insights you might have uh, for me from your Royal Caribbean genius brain, aka RCGB. 
<laughs> that I can part on them. So I look like I have a RCGB. I appreciate any help you can you can provide. And uh, <laughs> I'm just giggling at the RCGB. Rick, first of all, you're you're a good man, providing uh, paying for your your son and your daughter in law's uh, uh, vacation for their honeymoon. Actually, that's what we did for our honeymoon. We booked uh, Mariner of the Seas for a seven night cruise. Uh, that's actually what got me really hooked on Royal Caribbean. I had done Explorer of the Seas beforehand uh, a couple years ago, but we wanted to do a Disney cruise for our honeymoon. But the price was just crazy, and our travel agent was like, well, I can book it for you. But you know you guys can get, like, a junior suite on Mariner of the Seas for, like, a fraction of what it would cost on Disney. And I was like, okay, we'll do it. And it ended up being a wonderful option. So I can tell you from experience, yes, it's a wonderful option. And that's, of course, Mariner was a Voyager-class ship. They're going on a Freedom-class ship, which is a slightly larger version and a lot more to do on board. I think for them, what they're really going to like, if they're anything like me, there's wonderful water slides on board. The dining is going to be a really big part of it. And I think they're just going to enjoy the drink package. <laughs> Have I mentioned that? That's probably a big one. So I like your idea of the specialty restaurant idea. Uh, certainly you can do that. They still offer the dining packages three, four, five nights. You can also just alternatively just buy reservations to certain restaurants. Uh, to do either of these, though, you are going to need access to their cruise planner. Or you can, well, I guess you can contact the travel agent and... Maybe they can do it for you, uh, or you can just give them the money. Like you know, here's here's the cost of it. Here's the money. Whether you choose to use it or not is another uh, is a whole different question. But you know, doing something like that. I think also don't forget the the places they're going to visit because they're going in the Western Caribbean. There's some really amazing places, and you might argue that that you know I think young people really. I can't believe I said young people. I sound like such an old person. <laughs> I think honeymooners would certainly enjoy a little bit of an adventure on land as well. Maybe it's a snorkeling trip. Maybe it's visiting Mayan ruins. I don't know what your kids are like. Maybe they're very boring and just want to take advantage of the drink package. But I think nothing says I love you, son, like complimentary drink packages. That's probably going to be right up their alley. So some ideas right there, Rick. I hope that kind of lays it out a little bit there. And if you have any additional questions, always happy to help. Uh, let's keep going here. We've got uh, some good questions. I like these. Let's go to our next emailer. It is Amanda who writes, First of all, thank you for the great podcast. May will be our third cruise, all of which have been on Royal Caribbean. The, th- the first cruise was on Allure of the Season 2014, then Freedom of the Season 2015. We love the big ship experience, and we're super excited to book Harmony for our next adventure. I'm curious as to what some of the major differences are between Allure and Harmony besides the water slides. Also, do you have any recommendations for San Juan excursions or sites to see since this will be our first time to San Juan? Do you know anything further about the bracelets that we can use instead of the C-Pass card? It'd be nice not to have to carry around our C-Pass card since we learned the hard way that sunscreen removes the printing on them. We also wanted to do the Escape the Rubicon. Do we have to book it in advance or would be safe to book it on board? All right, I'm going to go backwards here. Book the Escape the Rubicon, which is the escape room experience, beforehand. It definitely sells out. So, Amanda, book it in advance via the cruise planner. No issues there. Uh, in terms of the WOW bands, that's the bracelets you're talking about. Well, the WOW bands are RFID bracelets. They're made out of silicone. And if you're staying in a suite, they're complimentary. Otherwise, they cost you $4.99. Although, keep in mind that once you buy them, you can reuse them on other ships. You just exchange them. And there's no additional cost. So it's basically buy once and then they're yours forever. Uh, and I love the WOW bands. Uh, basically, they work in lieu of or in tandem with the C-Pass cards. You will still need the C-Pass cards when you get off the ship because it has your personal information on there in terms of you know being able to be admitted back on board. But on board your ship, the WoW bands work just as well. I think they work better because what I love about it is inevitably, I hate digging through my pockets for whose C-Pass card it is. And more importantly, when you get back to the room, 
I, if I got stuff in my hand like my kids were sleeping, I just like to be able to nudge my wrist over to the in the general direction of the door, and it'll open the door. So I love them. I recommend them highly. It's worth five bucks. Get it? Yes. And again, you get the the Wow Band cards by the way by going to guest services. Again, unless you're in a suite, then they'll be provided to you automatically. In they'll be waiting in the room. In terms of what to do in Old San Juan, I love Old San Juan. It's one of my favorite cruise ports ever. And the great thing about Old San Juan is you don't need to book anything in advance. Unless you want to do something like really special. Uh, by really special, there is my wife. She hasn't done it yet, but she's dying to do it. The Bioluminescent Bay Tour. But you need to be there for a certain time, like obviously at night. So I'm not sure that's going to be there. But my general recommendation for things to do in Old San Juan, first and foremost, you need to see the forts, the old Spanish forts, El Moro and San Cristobal. The good news is admission to one gets you an admission for both. So if you go to El Moro first, your that admission for the day gets you into San Cristobal as well. So why not? It's really cool part of history. It's very inexpensive. It's a national park. So it costs you like a couple dollars. And whether you go for 20 minutes or three hours, because you really can spend either way, uh, there's a lot to see and do. And I think it's beautiful just to see and, uh, and an important part of, of architecture as well. I would then also point out, see, let me I should backtrack for a second. Old San Juan is built on a hill, and your cruise ship is at the bottom of the hill, and the forts are at the top of the hill. So the best thing you can do is go to the top of the hill first, and then work your way downhill, with the idea, obviously, that you're not going to be spending too much time walking uphill, right? And there's actually a free trolley provided by uh, the San Juan Tourist Bureau, uh, right near the cruise port. Just ask for the trolley. It brings you all the way. Just It's a one-way trip up to the top of the hill where the forts are, and then all you have to do is walk down. There's also lots of great things. First of all, the food. You definitely need to just pop into the many different restaurants and bars. It's probably going to be hot while you're there, so use it as an excuse to take a break. Get some mofungo, some of the other local street food. Grab some drinks, some local cervezas, or maybe even better yet, uh, a mojito. Uh, there's a lot of great things to enjoy about Old San Juan, so lots of food. Eat a lot. If you're, if you're coming back to the ship hungry, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> some other really cool benefits are sights to see. The old San Juan Gates, the only remaining city gate of the original massive wooden doors that centuries ago allowed passage to old San Juan. There's also the Paseo de la Princesa, which is a beautiful area, uh, basically right between where your cruise ship docks and the San Juan Gate. You got to walk in. If you go there in the evening, it is beautiful. Hold your spouse's hand. You'll love it. Um, there are, like I mentioned, the restaurants. Uh, there is a place called uh, Barachina, which is the place where the pina colada was invented. I went there. It's okay. It's kind of turned into a tourist trap, if you ask me. You can get pina coladas anywhere. They all taste wonderful, and <laughs> you'll enjoy them. But if you really want to go to the place where the pina colada was invented, Barachina's is the place to go. There's also, I hope I get this right, Santa Maria Magdalena de Pazzi Cemetery. And I know that um, somewhere... Jose's listening to this and just shaking his head angrily at me. Anyway, <laughs> this is a uh, cemetery near El Moro, and it's pretty interesting because it's a famous landmark with a lot of famous residents who are there, like actors and poets and politicians, and all the graves are above ground because you're very much near sea level. Kind of cool thing. I'm not really big on visiting cemeteries, but this is a pretty cool one. And if you are there at night and you're not going to do the Bioluminescent Bay Tour, see everything I just said again, because at night they all light up very nicely. It's a beautiful city. Again, just explore. When I tell people, if I say, if you're writing all this stuff, and I'm like, what, what, what? Don't worry about it. Just walk around. You literally cannot get lost in Old San Juan because if you ever get lost, just start walking downhill. You'll eventually run back into the cruise ship because the cruise ship is at the bottom of the hill. It's wonderful. It's easy. But yeah, walk around, explore. There are no bad areas in there. It's really nice. I, I'm a big fan of it. So check it on out. And lastly, uh, you asked about the difference between the Lure and Harmony besides the slides. Yes, of course, there's the, the Perfect Storm water slides and Ultimate Abyss. 
Other than that, the entertainment is probably the most noticeable difference. You're also going to have... Obviously, the shows are different on Harmony than they are on Allure. Also, the uh, the stateroom decor looks more like a Quantum-class ship than, than Allure does, so you're going to notice that if you were on both. And uh, the artwork is also the other noticeable difference. Otherwise, it's barely noticeable in terms of differences. And the dining. Uh, there's a two-story Wonderland on Harmony of the Seas where there's no Wonderland on, on Allure of the Seas. So, again... How much of the differences are you going to notice? Well, it may depend on how you how you cruise and what your what your style is, but uh, there are some differences there. But yeah, the water slides are probably the most noticeable ones there. But it's not huge differences. I just felt like the staterooms really felt like a quantum class ship with the rest of the ship feeling like an Oasis class ship. Hard to describe, but if you experience it yourself, then you know what I'm talking about. So, Amanda, thank you so much for the email. Thank you to everybody for these wonderful questions. I love talking to Royal Caribbean. And if you have a question, a comment, a thought, maybe you heard me say something and said, Matt, you are totally right. Or, Matt, you are totally wrong. I can't imagine it would be the second, but, you know, it's been known to happen. <laughs> Send me an email, Matt, M-A-T-T, at RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com. Matt at RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com. Well, that'll do it for us today. Until next time, I'm Matt Hochberg, and we'll talk again soon.